Oh, shit. What do you think about this? Um, <laughs> Let's just get right into it. <laughs> what do you think about this construction downtown Whitesburg? What the fuck is going on down there, man? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I like to see projects like that, like road improvements and stuff like that. But I think that we could, probably could have prioritized that a few pegs down in lieu of I don't know the <laughs> the leaching of sewer water into our waterways. <laughs> Not uh, Jesus Christ hologram. Do you remember there was a time in this city? <laughs> this is how far things have gone downhill. There was a time in this city when the idea of putting a hologram of Jesus Christ in the middle of the roundabout in downtown Whitesburg was a serious idea that was floated. That was floated, yeah. Also, another serious idea that was floated was to <laughs> take all the schools. What's the opposite of, re- of retrofit? Um, well, Upgrade? No, it's not an upgrade. Uh, what do you mean, retro? The opposite of retrofit isn't like that kind of a paradox is, in terms of yeah, it, it really itself? is. If you retrofit something, you're like upgrading the facilities, right? Like I think if you're retrofitting something, you're. Um, I always hear it in relation to like energy efficiency. Yeah, like you're like, right. You're retrofitting your buildings for energy efficiency or efficiency. Yeah. Or whatever. So what would be the opposite? That is, is kind of like that's kind of like a parkway driveway thing. I guess the opposite would be making your building less energy efficient. Like, yeah. No, we want this shit to be as rickety. Well, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> there a serious another serious idea that was floated was to change all of our heating and cooling in our school systems to coal to fire. Coal, <laughs> coal fire as like a nod to our cultural heritage. Yeah. <laughs> that was a serious thing that was floated. Oh, and even yeah. and even some of the most staunch like coal pro coal people looked at this person that floated that and were like, <laughs> "Well, let's not jump off the deep end." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. So yeah, no, the op- that would be the opposite of retrofitting. Yeah, where were we going with that? Uh, the hologram Jesus. Yeah, what about it? Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was a serious idea that was floated in town at one point. Those to construction workers. town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The construction workers. Uh, me and Sylvia always had a joke that um, I would be I would be fine with the hologram Jesus as long as it was black Jesus. Oh yeah, <laughs> like a, a hologram of black Jesus would be like would be badass. Like the artist rendering, and it's just. He's all dreaded out and shit. <laughs> yeah. But hologram for him. The hologram, yeah. He's ripped as fuck. <clears throat> um, the construction workers down there are assholes, man. Almost, I got into a fucking tiff with one. Really? On you Wednesday. got into an altercation? Yeah. With a worker? Yeah, with a worker. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what are you being did, a you turn around, did you turn around to him? He's like, man, I still think the revolution lies with you. <laughs> But you're being a fucking, you're being at, a fucking dick, man. Yeah, I beat his fucking ass. Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> what, what was that? You will. He, I, they didn't mark off, like they didn't rope off that parking lot next to the Veterans Museum. Yeah. Um, and so on Wednesday morning, I was just going to work and I parked in it. Um, and this guy ran up. Can to I me. give you some sass? Yeah, he was fucking. He, he was yelling at me, like I was an idiot, like I like I was a piece of shit. Like My I was, God, man, what's wrong with you? You're parked in a not clearly defined area. No, he was like, <laughs> you can't do this, man. You can't do this. Like he was fucking getting up in my face. I said, dude, chill. All I'm right, I'm moving. I'm, moving. It. I'm fucking moving it. <laughs> a simple, simple, 
hey man, we're gonna be working on here. You care to move it down a few? Yeah, would have sufficed. All you, all you had to do is you just yeah. But um, it got me worked up at fucking nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> God damn, man. Um, but the funny thing was, he goes, "I am chill, man." <laughs> <laughs> I, look at me. <laughs> I am chill, man. He's fucking on like fucking gas station crank. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Testosterone is so fucking stupid, dude. I saw the flash in his eyes. And I know he saw the flash in my eyes. You know and what I'm saying. neutralize. You know what I'm saying. You know the flash. If the flash wasn't in your eyes, he'd probably punched you. Or vice versa. Um, No, no, no. Yeah. If the flesh wasn't in my eyes, he probably just would have backed down. He probably would have felt really bad about it. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. I get, I like get what you're pro- going for now. Like, he he engaged me like that, and so I turned on that switch. Like, I can go there, motherfucker. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> you want to go there? Nine o'clock on a Monday, you want to do this? All right. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. Um, what, what, what's the... You've been in a couple fights. Right, or some sort of skirmish. Yeah, I guess you could call it that. What? Not really, but... <laughs> what was your most memorable fight? Um, My most memorable fight was with my brother. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, like, you can't really call those fights, even though they are actual fights. Um, I've you, I've been in fights with my dad, too, but I, I, I don't fight back there. It's... Uh... <laughs> Just tell you, just accept. Uh, he's <laughs> twice as big as me. <laughs> he his flesh burns at a at a temperature per, in perpetuity. Hot, yeah, hotter than, exactly. <laughs> Mine is just a, a rare spark every now and then. You've really got to push to get me there. People that have anger problems are kind of fascinating. They're just like, <laughs> like I mean, I think we all are kind of like in the condition we're in. We're all kind of angry, but I'm I mean like uh, yeah, murderously so. Right, right. You know, just. Waiting for somebody, yeah, to fucking push you a certain way, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Um, one time I was in the middle of a street bra- brawl, and <laughs> that's one time <laughs> I uh managed to escape it completely unscathed. I didn't even throw a punch or anything. It literally erupted in real time around me, like that movie in Children of Men. Like, I wish there would have been, like, a long shot of me exiting this. It was at a party yeah. um, that spilled out onto a street, and there was, like, 20 motherfuckers just fighting. <laughs> just <laughs> grabbing whoever they can. So I've always wanted to... That is 100% what it, is, what I, it happened. I've not... I should say that I don't know that I've wanted to be a part of one of those. <laughs> But I would like to be a casual observer of one of those. Yeah. Where, like, you don't even know who you're, like, swinging at. Like, you're just, everybody's just so mad. And you're just grabbing it, the first person. That... That's exactly what had happened, man. Me and my brother just, like, hugged each other. Let's get the fuck out of here, man. Fucking beeline. Man, there was this guy I went to college with named Zach, and he was, like, the biggest fucking dipshit. And he was, like, one of those ROTC Rotsy guys, yeah, you know what I mean, uh-huh. and just like had the whole buzz cut and thought he was just really badass. And I mean, he was like a tough guy, you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, one of my buddies at the time's name is Greg Anderson. Now, Greg Anderson is the brother of this guy Kevin Anderson, who is like the number twelve ranked tennis player in the world. Is <laughs> is Greg British? And he's South African. South African. There's a British Greg too. <laughs> There's like I have, I have friends you with know, several tennis Gregs from all over the world. I, yeah, I've not been able to keep track of any of them, but it's fascinating that yeah, they're all foreign. Yeah. <laughs> well, Greg, 
<laughs> Greg's brother is like one of the best players in the world. But Greg is like this like really kind of sweet, soft spoken, like kind of like a little bit backward kind of guy. Like like people used to kind of make fun of him in college because he like he was like kind of one of those guys that went through puberty a little bit late and his voice was like still changing while he was in yeah. college, you know, like yeah. And uh, this guy, Shuddy, just liked to fucking pick on And Greg's like a pretty, like he's about 6'4". Yeah. Like he's not like a little guy, but just, you know, couldn't find, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Shuddy came out there. We were at the bar. George Moulton's Real American Honky Tonk. <laughs> and uh, well, this is, I'm just telling this because this is, this is going to be low payoff, but this is the closest thing I've come to to like an actual street skirmish uh-huh. was like like three or four like fraternity dudes like R- R- ROTC fraternity dudes and me and like a guy from South Africa a guy from New Zealand <laughs> like the fucking UN over here <laughs> a guy from England <laughs> yeah Tom's rolling with NATO a, a kid from Barbados <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just all sitting out there and it ended up just being a, a pushing match but I yeah. don't know I don't I'm I usually try to run run as far as soon as if I don't have like a vested interest in it. People get killed in these kind of things. Just you don't know who's gonna hit you over the head with a brick and you're not gonna wake up in those situations. I saw that happen one time. The Hobbs was crazy, man. There's all kinds of fights going on in Hobbs. Just real violent place. I'm wearing my Hobbs shirt today. Look. You're ripping. <laughs> Hardly home but always ripping. Uh I needed a clean T shirt, that's all I got. Um, but yeah, no, uh, so this is a terrible way to start your Wednesday off, <coughs> your Wednesday morning off, almost getting in a fight with some fucking asshole, construction worker. asshole construction worker. Um, so shit, man, long week, well, huh? Do you feel ashamed? Do I feel ashamed? Yeah. Yeah. That you yelled at, you yelled at a worker? Always. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. It would like anytime you like I said the thing with testosterone. Anytime you access that reserve, yeah. you always feel ashamed afterwards. Oh, always. <laughs> and you know what? Like, like the clearest example of that I think is if you ever like just been like grab assing with your buddies, you know, like play fighting or like backyard boxing or like wrestling or <laughs> and then something it goes like a little that. too far but then like they just hit you a little too hard when you play fight and it just pisses you off and you see red oh, and then it yeah. turns into a real fight it turns into an actual real fight yeah yeah no it's pretty dumb do girls do that do women do that do girls play grab ass and fight <laughs> uh but i don't know do they? I don't know. Do they like? Do they start fucking around with each other? And one of them see? Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty universal human experience. Like that can't just be a test. Now I've seen women fight tons of times, but I don't know that what it's like. What happened in our apartment one time? Two, oh gosh, there was a. Was wild. There was a. But um, but. But it does feel sort of like exclusive to testosterone to just totally, or I don't know. Actually, it's probably, now that I think about it, it's probably more cultural. It's probably more a result of like patriarchy and stuff. Like the constant like walking around waiting for somebody to fucking look at you even, you know, remotely wrong. Yeah. For, so you could fly off the handle or, you know what I mean? It's like constantly fantasizing about some sort of interaction. Where you get to smash somebody's <laughs> face and t- like curb stomp somebody. 
Yeah, exactly. I used to, whenever like those like second wave feminist people that kind of like populate where we're at used to talk to me, like they used to say, like a common refrain was testosterone starts wars. Yeah. yeah. And I used to say like, well, actually it just makes me grow ear hair and my prostate become the size of a bowling ball. But yeah, but. Yeah. Now I tend to believe that a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You think so? <laughs> well, I'm I'm warming up to the idea every day. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You, why? Why is that? Don't press me on it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to sound woke, man. <laughs> oh man, I do that all the time. I did that the other day talking to you. You were like, what do you mean? Give me some examples. I was like, fuck, shut I don't know. I don't dude. know, I, man. I just, this sounded good when I typed it out. <laughs> it's all a performance, right? <laughs> don't interrogate it any further. Well, uh, you look at this, like the haphazard sort of scattershot um, or scatterbrained like way of um, approaching this week's episode I had. I don't really have anything prepared. Particularly, other than some good speaker pieces, How you kick us off that? with a little. You want a good little. You want, s- you want some good? Yeah, a little sneak right. your sneak your piece. <laughs> all right. This one makes no sense at all. I read it at least four or five times to try to understand what where the person was coming from, or what. Hillary Clinton sold America for millions of dollars. Stormy Daniels only sold her body, and she gets more news time than Hillary Clinton did. <laughs> I don't know if it's like... What, what's the point they're trying to make? Yeah, is it like... If it comes out the gate sounding like Hillary Clinton's corrupt, but, and then it's just like... And then it sides with Hillary Clinton? <laughs> and in yeah, the end, it's... Yeah. 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 <laughs> and by the end of it? Yeah. Yeah, kind of strange. Kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um, I say, I say hallelujah this morning, Mr. John Kerry. What do you think now that a real man, Mr. Trump, is negotiating for the United States? <laughs> he tore your treaty with Iran right up in your face, didn't he? Obama went around apologizing for America for what America fought for. Trump goes around and stands up for what America fought for. Thank God we finally have somebody who knows what America is and doesn't hate it. And as far as Mr. North Korea goes, I despise him, but at least they brought the prisoners back. I don't know what that's... Re- do you know what that's a rever- reference to? Wait, say that again. I, As far as Mr. North Korea goes, I despise him, but at least they brought the prisoners back. Mr. Rocket Wait, Man hold on a second. Didn't, like, one of those guys die? Auto... Uh, uh, yeah. There's been so many like diplomatic warm beer things where we're like trying to bring people back from North Korea or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't Bill Clinton to try to get like I think he the did. prisoners back or something? Didn't he fail, Mister? Probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, the silver tongue himself, You're like right. <laughs> screwing the pooch. I say, God bless America. Build our wall and protect this country. I see more and more illegals in the shopping malls. What the fuck in Whitesburg? In, in what shopping malls? <laughs> <laughs> we literally have two things that could be construed as that, and they contain a family dollar, 
a Mexican restaurant. Is that what he's referring to? I guess. <laughs> and a fucking tobacco outlet. They're spending more than I've got. I thank God I'm in America, and I thank God for our president, his staff, and our government. Every how, Christian- how do you say that? How do you make an allusion to your poverty and then say you thank God for your country, your administration, yeah. and everything? Dude, I hear it all the time. I hear it all the fucking time. I was getting my hair cut the other day, and this guy sitting next to me was talking to the barber, and he was like, um, I hate talking about po- politics when I'm getting my hair cut. Because it's- you can't avoid it, though. <laughs> I swear yeah. to God, no matter where you get your hair cut, you can't avoid yeah, it. Yeah, because you don't want to distract the barber yeah. or piss him off. Piss him off. Whatever. And, yeah, yeah. But um, it always invariably happens. But yeah, this guy was talking about, it's the same shit, like... Oh, they, they, it, and it's the same shit as the racist lawyer guy. The yeah. same thing. Which goes to show you that, um, which goes to show you that, like, the whole Trump country thing, like, isn't that really the perfect example of how the whole Trump country thing? You've got a wealthy, well dressed New York lawyer spouting off more ignorant shit that you, than you would hear in the fucking holler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you hear, I mean, you hear, Ample amount of dumb shit here, but there's yeah <laughs> systemic reasons yeah. for that. <laughs> I just love I just love chalking people shitting us up to systemic reasons. Systemic reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, this guy I was sitting next to at the at the barber was basically like, yeah, um, you know, they're just taking food, they're just taking free food and benefits, healthcare. They get free healthcare, which is all nonsense. It's a perfect example of how austerity breeds reactionary. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like first of all, it's not true what you're saying. Yeah. But second of all, you clearly want those things and need them. You know what yeah. I mean? You well, should have them. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, it's kind of funny to me just talking about what this guy says that, like, we've divorced our, like, material conditions from our national identity. Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't matter if you're the most end-of-the-rope son of a bitch in the holler. Yeah. You're an American. Ergo, you're still... Yeah. <laughs> i still got something to lord over yep. people, you know? It's just a little point of pride, and it's just like, I'd rather be living pretty good <laughs> than describe any sort of... Dude, America's... Be anything. We're pretty demoralized right now. Just see the video of that woman who threw her shit, who shit on the floor... Picked it up and then threw it at the, uh, I think it was like a convenience store worker or something. The Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Yeah, is it a Tim Hortons? <laughs> that happened at Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, huh? That's amazing. I think it's funny. I, I was, some of my friends from college, we got a little group text and uh, I was like, man, everybody's brain is broken. And then my buddy's chimed in. He was like, no, just some people. <laughs> I was like, no. Just a few select. <laughs> just, they just like, just some. Jesus. Every Christian in America now has the right to stand up and say hallelujah to the Lord Jesus Christ. That never existed before Donald Trump. No. No, hell no. Um, To a certain fellow from Pine Creek, you and your sidekick need to stay off of Sunset Strip. I don't know what that's in reference to. (laughs) Is that a drug? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a boxing boxing strip. strip. Hey. You're probably right. That's <laughs> just like code for it. Uh, What's your favorite slang term for a drug? Like, well, I'm, I mean, like what you would have seen in like your like health and science books in like 
elementary school. In um, uh, so not like a street slang per se, but like what anti-drug people think is street slang. Is that what either you're either or? But but I kind of like the dare sets, like the what da- they say. Right, 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 right. I don't know. Give me an example. Do you have one? Two that stand out in my mind that I always thought were funny that I always cracked a couple of. <laughs> I was cracked about when I was that age was Acapulco Gold for PCP <laughs> and uh, Cocaine Charlie Toot. <laughs> People said like that. The personification of cocaine is this guy named Charlie Toot. Charlie Toot. <laughs> <laughs> He wears, I imagine he's like got two gold chains yeah. over taco yeah. meat and like kids. a smoking jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Grinding his teeth. Yeah, yeah. You guys heard that new uh, Tame and Paul record? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. For the past two weeks, or wait. It's amazing how a grown man can run around outside his house while in his pajamas. How sick can you be? I guess you play real sick when your girlfriend comes around. What's your gimmick? We all want to know in the neighborhood. Well, uh, what's his behaviors? Like just walking outside in pajamas is sick, or like he acts like he's I don't know. I guess got walking, some sort of illness. Walking around in your pajamas. Um. To a man and woman who live below Blair Branch, please wash that trailer down. It's turning green. Just respond in the paper next week and I will come and help you. <laughs> hey, that's that's cool. That's fair. Hey, I take issue with your shit, but I'll come and help. <laughs> hey, it's a little classist, but uh, if you want to come help me wash it down. Right, 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 right. This is one that is interesting and that I agree with. They say the f- oh god. <laughs> I agree with. <laughs> they say the federal government doesn't have any money and they say the state government does have doesn't have any money. Well, I saw in an Eastern Kentucky paper where their government was giving money to a coal company to help with startup startup expenses. Why would a coal company need startup expenses from the government? Good question, anonymous caller. Good question. Have you heard about that though? I, mean, uh, I, I feel I feel like I hear about that from time. I have no idea if it's true or not. I don't know. I want it to be true because I I want that you know that little flicker. Whenever I hear about coal companies uh, or any or any rich person getting any sort of largess, yeah, is that how you say that word? Yeah, I always like largess, <laughs> large, large, large a. That's the thing. Like anytime you use uh, a French or Rome or Latin phrase in a writing thing you're gonna lose my attention immediately (laughs) the first time i come to you could be making an excellent point and if you say like vis-a-vis yeah yeah i'm out (laughs) noblesse blaze or some bullshit i even struggle with coup de grace because i don't even know what the fuck it means (laughs) i kind of like say it though it's kind of fun to say yeah or coup de gras the coup de gras the the feather in the cap yeah 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 um, all right, all right. Hello, baby cakes. It's been over a year since our divorce became final, and I must say I am the happiest I've ever been in my whole life. <laughs> anyway, I just want to know one thing. You called social services on me to get me thrown in jail when I had to go to the dentist that day. Don't you know that I found out who it was right after you called in on me but didn't have the guts to admit it? Come on, baby cakes. For old time's sake, 
own up and admit that was you. You owe me that at least. Or you owe me at least that much. Thank you. There's a lot of divorce. Uh, baby cakes, he's not wrong. A lot of divorce <laughs> drama that unfolds <laughs> in the pages of the uh, Mountain Eagle Speak Your Peace. You ever notice that? Yeah, there is a lot. I, who was the one guy? You think that was the same guy that wrote in about the... What did he say last week? The, uh, oh, there was a divorce one last, in last week. We weeks. talked about it a little bit on the show. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it is either. Uh, he talked, no, he, ta- no, it was like the person that like had rattled off all these horrible things that had happened in the divorce, but he was like, but I forgive you. It's all chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's all good. Yeah. Well, um, so, so, um, What's going on this week, Tom? I'm looking around. Looks like you've got a, uh, a King James Version of the Bible, <laughs> a guide to, five-step guide to sharing your witness and going public with your faith, which is a lesson, which is a vital component of finding salvation. It's no good just to keep it to yourself. <laughs> keep it locked up. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, the... Um analogy that i've always heard is of it's incredibly sexist but is of a pregnant woman you've ever heard that analogy like you know if you're showing people will know if you're bearing witness if you're a vessel for god you know what i'm saying right yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll you'll know <laughs> a tree's known by the fruit it bears right 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 i found those books at the harry Cottle library um the used bookstore and i also yeah. posted one that i saw of like a really groovy bible yeah and on the inside there was like photos of like vietnam vietnam war uh soldiers you know yeah. north vietnamese i don't know i didn't really understand that <laughs> <laughs> man the um the uh like make the bible palatable for any population business yeah. has got to be pretty robust well, you see that now with um, you have guys like Donald Miller or the guy that wrote The Shack. You Who know? wrote The Shack? I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they I made know, a movie I know about that. It. I know that industry well. <laughs> they, uh, you see this with guys like that who try to make Christianity and the Bible seem sort of like a hipster subculture, like they. They'll dabble. This was big in the mid two thousands. When I first moved to Austin, there was this big scene of godly guys who lived very ascetic lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Of course, they were like nineteen and you know were living off their parents' money. Right. But they they had like sort of donned this or sort of aesthetic of being. sort of beatnik like you know what i mean very countercultural hipster type beards uh raggedy tat yeah 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 sort of but really more like um they would drink beer every now and then and uh, They'd make a kind of a show of it well what it is is they would give off the appearance of being a dirty hippie yeah you know or even like a dirty beatnik type like davinger banhart type this is this is further confirming my suspicion that austin is just the nashville of the west it totally is it's like they're like completely 
Yeah. It makes me wonder if Austin, because I didn't know anything about Nashville. It makes me wonder if Austin precipitated this. I wonder if, I don't know. If Austin They're basically the same town, just in a different place. Right. I mean, the same subculture, the same vibe, whatever. Right, right, right. Well, but it's basically the same thing, right? I mean, you're trying to make Christianity sort of seem like this sort of really romantic, um, count- subversive uh, movement. Right. You know? And therefore, trying to make it a little seem a little more appealing or amenable to subversive cultures in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not totally. <laughs> With mixed results. With mixed results. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. When I was growing up in the church, like I just like man, I lived for these profiles of like famous people that were Christians. Yeah, like cause I always thought, oh. That's cool. Leah Romini's a Christian. <laughs> like, just it was like the most like marginal like TV uh, characters all. Scientologists ever. actually. Yeah. Or yeah, that's right. She was. She was. Who was? Who is the person that looks just like her? But it's on the Lifetime movies. Uh, Kirstie Alley. Not Kirstie Alley. <laughs> um. Fuck, I cannot remember her name. Yeah, I don't know. Lifetime. Yeah. Movie? Go she's on like like. She's like a like a B T V star. Right. Anyway, uh point being is like I really liked like knowing that like, oh man, there's exceptional people that <laughs> share the same yeah. faith that I had. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> I know exactly what you and mean. And now if I would would be growing up in this era, I could point to like Justin Bieber. <laughs> I could point to like it's just LeBron Bieber. James. Yeah, they're heavy to like in this like Hillsong like no the Hillsong church. Wow. It's like started in Australia. It's like yeah. got really kind of got controversial origins because I think the guy that founded it's a child molester. <laughs> but like his like hipster nephews or grandsons or whatever are like, you know, they like are packing out these like stadiums in New York and stuff with like these church services with. Yeah. Like, you know, I think they sold out Madison Square Garden and like. Yeah. Like they're like. Kind of like rock stars in like the most. Uh, but Justin Bieber's into that, huh? But Justin Bieber's heavy into it. There's a story floating around that Justin Bieber got baptized in NBA star Tyson Chandler's bathtub <laughs> because he's like really? seven two and like has a huge like custom bathtub. I would get given the opportunity. I would get baptized in that bathtub <laughs> <laughs> just to say just to say I did. <laughs> um. But he's like, I thought Justin Bieber was like a sinner, dog. Remember that video of Man, him? Man, he's a up? sinner, but he's a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> That's an important distinction. To you're, make. you're right. It really is. And plus, who am I to cast stones, you know? Yeah. I've got to yeah. go through the needle of the eye of the camel. That's, you know, like this week with the whole like, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, and you can kind of chop this, but oh, this go. week when... Go for it. When like... I looked at the whole RL, the latest R.L. Stevens DSA dust up, which think, yeah. we see from a, like afar because we're so disconnected from all that shit. Yeah, and like all my friends that are heavy into D- and like active in DSA chapters because they actually have them, <laughs> yeah. like have a completely different like perspective. Well, yeah, and they have a vested interest in it. It's really yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. And like we're just like we're like nomads. Like we're members, but we don't like caucus <laughs> with anybody. <laughs> We're nomads. We basically just throw them, you know, we're thirty bedroom. bucks a year just to say yeah. we're just to say we're members or whatever. Uh, but anyway, um, two things that I think that I 
admire about Christianity, and I hesitate to say that. I really hesitate to say that. But two things I really admire are the idea of whosoever will let them come. Uh huh. Like I'm really into that. Like, and I think as socialists, and you've, I mean, you made this illusion because you say that Marxism is your Christianity essentially now. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty much. But <laughs> socialism implies whosoever will let them come. Right. <laughs> By definition. Exactly. And then the other part about Christianity I like is that no matter what your flaws are, this whole idea of God meeting you right where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like, it's hard to, for, for me as a human being, to sort of articulate any sort of grace for, like, the worst. Like, I'm not mean, I don't mean the worst people. I mean, like, <laughs> violent, dangerous, yeah, depraved. <laughs> Like in the real sense of the word depraved, not just lunatics. like yeah, yeah, <laughs> lunatics, mm. lunatics and complete morons. Yeah, madmen, <laughs> madmen, reprobates. But I think one thing, and I, shit, I might get lambasted for this, and and maybe I deserve it. But I think one thing, like I understand, like people taking issue with like maybe RL's putting DSA's name on that letter that he sent to this preacher or whatever or like maybe even you know queer folks in DSA feeling a certain type of way about the things this guy had said yeah but at the same time i think if you're looking at this from a proselytization context yeah. which is i think if we're going to be missionaries about anything, I think socialism is a good starting point. I mean, like, churches have been tremendously successful with a pretty flimsy product. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We have something that's <laughs> worthwhile and, like... Yeah. And I don't mean flimsy like to insult anybody's faith. I just mean, like, it's just easy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think we have something that's worthwhile and worth sharing. And I think if we just relegate that to pre-approved people that believe the right things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, just the idea that there's just no examination of, like, really... (laughs) I made a joke about this earlier, so this is going to sound stupid, but the systemic reasons for why (laughs) people believe the things they believe. Like, we would have to cast our parents off by this, like, sort of DSA bar. Yes. Of like letting them in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we really, yeah, yeah. But what I think people don't understand when when it hits, when something hits home, I remember I've shared this with some, I might have shared this on the show before, but my mom has some health issues that she has to take this medicine basically to stay alive and to be well, like every day has to have it. If she got off of it, she would deteriorate pretty quickly. And her insurance company calls her. This is probably six months ago or something. It says maybe last year even says this is a thousand dollars now, thousand dollars a month to get this. My mom has almost no income that could even come close to affording anything like that. And so I go and visit her, and like she's like got basically got one month of, I guess the the company that makes this drug was going to is paying for it for a certain amount of time or whatever. Yeah. And she's got one month. She's like, I just don't know what I'm going to do if, you know, if we can't get this sorted out. 
and like she's like talking about like funeral plans, like yeah, wild shit. And I bring something up with her. My mom is like died in the wool Pentecostal, and we get to talking about the culture wars. You know, invariably it always goes back to the culture wars. Oh uh, hell yeah. Together. And my mom said something, and I'm not saying this is like some sort of grand revolutionary gesture, but when my when it hits home, like when the boots to your fucking neck effects of capital hit home and like are staring you in the face and it looks like this might be it for you. Yeah. You start to change your mind about some things. Yeah. So like those people that would like cast off RL's idea of like these people are irredeemable because they said some incredibly fucked up Pat Roberts and shit. I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I think we need to give each other a little more grace is all I'm saying. But I, at the same time, I completely understand how that if you're, you know, if you're LGBTQ person in DSA, that like <laughs> you might not be fucking thrilled that one of your leaders is trying to bring into the fold somebody that's spewing the most awful shit. But, yeah. you know, I guess I really just said, I guess that whole spiel was got to hear both sides. <laughs> Well, I think what you're saying. If- I'm, what I'm, what I'm, I'm, let me get. I, I'm jumping around a little bit, but my point about the antidote with my mother is that, like, my mom said something. She said, talking about abortion. She said, "Well, people are going to have get those anyway. We might as well give them safe access to that." And that's not. And when I say that, I'm not saying that as like, "Oh, wow, that's like some sort of grand revolutionary gesture." I mean, like, obviously, abortion should be health care. It should be just right. You know standard but i think when you lay bare those sort of boots to your neck realities of what capital does to people to people that hold some fucked up views for whatever reason you know what i mean yeah that you can start to find a little common ground and i think i I, what i'm saying is i'm not persuaded that everybody's redeemable but i i don't think that's like baseless or useless yeah well i think what um what you're saying is that like <clears throat> and this goes back to what i was saying earlier about the guy in the barber shop is that we all live in a system where we as individuals have to compete for resources right that's the that's the whole um sort of idea behind the enlightenment really and behind modernism in general you are a self, a, you know, an individual, and you're constantly evaluating yourself in relation to others, and you're constantly competing for what you are told is a finite amount of resources. Or, right. I mean, all resources are ultimately finite, except the sun. But and the that, like, but, the, you're but, led to believe are more scarce than actually yes, are. The, the idea is scarcity. Yeah. And so, it's it's important to distinguish between the people who. Um, because of their sort of material circumstances and what other whatever other sort of maybe inner pathologies they've got going on, see things in that way that like oh the immigrants or whatever yeah are stealing the resources that should be mine or whatever. It's important to distinguish or or this pastor who says these things because of his faith or whatever. It's important to distinguish between those types and actual Nazis like yeah. Matthew Heimbach and the whatever. How much time do you put into trying to convince any of those people? Um, you know, obviously, you're not going to convince the Nazis and fuck them. They're our enemies. You right. know, they're our actual we enemies. We know that. Yeah, like we they, know that. we fight them in the streets. 
we're trying to extinguish them. Right. Literally. Um, and their ideology. Right. And, uh, it, but, like, the other kind is more sort of a result of how ideology gets... Worms its way in there over time. Right, because of austerity and because of scarcity and these other things. And um, I think by having, um, I don't know, you've got to get them through the door with something. Yeah. You know what I mean? One thing that I thought was really interesting, and maybe this is very liberal. Actually, I think, (laughs) I was thinking of this anecdote when... You were telling me what you were telling me, and now I think about it, I'm like, this is actually very liberal, but I might as well just go ahead and say it. Um, but one thing I was thinking about was um, when we showed uh, a couple of years ago, I sort of organized a screen screening for the Ann Braden movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Ann Braden, you know, was this famous uh, white Southerner. She was one of the 14 people or whatever listed right. in Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail. Um, one of the dogs. Yeah, w- was it was it like exemplary white people? Imagine if you were on that list. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's telling there were only fourteen on the list. <laughs> Yo, I was on him. Okay, <laughs> dude, you would have you your woke cred would be unimpeachable at that point. Uh, anyways, the the sort of arc of that movie, the narrative arc, is that like you know. She at, later on in life started extending her battle for civil rights to LGBT community and all this, you know, all this other stuff. And I remember after the movie, we had a pastor uh, literally come up to me and Mimi and say, um, "You know, I never really saw things that way. Uh, I believe that you know it's important to fight for the rights of you know." And this was 2013. This was a while back, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he may hate gays again. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. He might have just gone back. You well, know. That's that's the other thing, too. And I was telling everybody yesterday last night, we were talking about it a little bit, that, like, also it's it's quite possible that we don't know. I don't know. I was going to talk with our buddies in Birmingham about this, but, like, some of those, like, church pastors are, like, vultures in their communities, too. Yeah, they are. Like, they'll, like, fucking milk people for, you know, all their money, like, and yeah. and, like... Say well, you know, if you're if you're going to get healed, it's got to be mediated through patronage to me in this church and all this stuff, and just are total hucksters, right? So, like, what I, you know, when you want to engage church people, it sounds weird to say it this way because they're just so venerated in our society, but you really have to be fucking careful because people that traffic in, like I said, peddling just such an easy product. That yeah. is sort of a salve for people that are <laughs> yeah. going through They're all kinds of shit in this capitalist society. Right. I mean, it's like a fucking it's like a fucking landmine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They operate from a position of manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's to say nothing of and I don't when I say this stuff, I don't mean to sound like I'm saying like our like queer friends need to toughen up that's not it at all like that it's a that's a valid criticism i mean if somebody comes across and is saying you know (laughs) i think aids is god's judgment for homosexuality Uh like that person needs to be taken to task and you need to exercise caution when dealing with anybody that would seriously say that you know well um i have some i have a couple thoughts on this i want to take a quick break 
But I have a couple thoughts on this. Okay, I got peed. Yeah. I'm bad time. <laughs> I just saw something incredible. A fucking peleated woodpecker. Right out here. Man. <laughs> sure you did, buddy. <laughs> you so don't that time me? I told you it was all, I saw otters <laughs> in the river and you came sprinting. <laughs> and they were just beavers. I told Alex and Ashton that story the other day. They thought it was very funny. I was like, <laughs> my God, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Um... For the audience, Tom called me one day. Said, "You gotta get down here. There's fucking river otters down at the apple shop." And I ran out the house. Man, you will not. I fucking sprinted the whole way. In my head, I was like, I had just visions of uh, just grandeur. I was like, "Oh, we're gonna write a paper about this. Like, we're going to be, but we're going to be well known in the biology world for." for being able to study this community of river otters in fucking Whitesburg, Kentucky. <laughs> I get there. It's like, Tom, these are fucking beavers. <laughs> I said, <was, I> what? <laughs> well, you gave it your, sh- you gave it your own. Uh, from a distance, they looked like otters. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things about this uh, that we can sort of take away. Um, you know... I mean, obviously, it's a question of race. Like, this man is being targeted because of his race. Right. Um, But that seems to me a separate question from, is it worthwhile trying to win over 
people who hold reactionary views. views and whatever. And honestly, it it totally depends. I think it depends on a lot of things. Um, I think that in a time like right now, where uh, our movement is not in a position to make revolutionary demands or pressure the system in a way that that uh, you know induces stress fractures and you know what I'm saying on the yeah. system itself. Um, I think, yeah, I think our policy should probably be you know uh, for the many or whatever the fuck you said earlier, the Christian. Who sure will let him come? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you know, I think that um, we should be thinking seriously about who we can win over, who would not normally, or who would not otherwise be engaging with the system politically or whatever. Um, but I, and I would also tack onto that too that I don't think the sentiment behind what he's doing is wrong in the sense that there's no precedent for that. Because if you, I mean, if you just look at the black church, the black church has been has spearheaded probably the most important social changes in this country for some time. Yeah. And have can count among their own some of the best Americans we've ever produced. Well, yeah. And American socialists we've ever produced if you're talking about Martin King. And if, if we're trying to build a movement for social change, yes, like we should be focusing on spaces where consciousness can be created together and raised and created together. What else to say uh, about using the word spaces? <laughs> we need to be intentional about how we show up in those spaces. In the world. <laughs> um, but, you know, and so, you know, like I said, in times like this, yeah, I think we should be thinking very seriously about that. Overall, I'm not that concerned with it. And the reason why is because you Yeah, it's much ado about, you know. Well, the reason why is because I think that what our goal is is structural upheaval, you know, reorganizing how society allocates resources. I'll say it a fucking 100,000 times. If we're trying to get towards that goal, on also the all the attendant goals that are associated with that, incarceration and poverty and the criminal justice system, whatever. Um, like, I don't think you need to have uh, a sort of mass majority of people in the country on board with that. Yeah. You probably should. Um, okay, I, I should amend that. You don't need that to win, exactly. You will need that after the sort of breaking point, after a revolutionary moment, because you will have reactionaries who assemble their forces and try to fucking take your ass down. Yeah. So you will need a sort of mass, uh, call it whatever, vanguard or whatever. Um, but like, but you, I don't know. I think that there are plenty of people out there already who um, who are impacted by the uh, repressive, absolutely just boot-to-neck nature of this system, um, just as it is, who... Um, would probably be on your side as it is if you were fucking I don't know riding in the streets I mean yeah. I'm 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 I'm, all, I'm concerned I'm like fascinated with this idea of winning over public opinion you know and and because mostly because this is something that activists in the 60s dealt with a lot 
Yeah. And this was sort of like, you know, what Richard Nixon was able to run on, the moral majority or whatever. I'm fascinated with this idea of, like, people being constantly aware of public opinion and mm-hmm. optics. And so, for example, like, um, you know, I guess maybe a common refrain would be, like, um, you know, writing for things or whatever could be bad because they will sway public opinion against your cause or whatever. Yeah. And I'm I'm always fascinated by that because I've, I've always deep down thought that, like, um, for every person who would be turned off by that, there's there's also also probably one or two people who They'd would be inspired would by be that. In, into it. Yeah. And so I'm <laughs> for every for every moderate <laughs> or for excuse me. Yeah, for every for white collar person we lose collar in the Philly <laughs> suburbs. We'll pick yeah. up uh, two moderates in Call Richmond, this, Virginia, or whatever. Yeah, this is the radical Chuck Schumer philosophy <laughs> that I'm that I'm running with here. Oh God! And it's what, and it's what I think that it's why activists don't need to concern themselves with like optics and. I mean, yeah, obviously you should think about that in some in relation to some things, but I guess what I'm saying is um, usually this argument is deployed against John Brown types, and it probably was deployed against John Brown, you know? like <laughs> Himself. Yeah, like, exactly, like himself. Like, what you will do will, uh, you know, sway public opinion against the abolitionist cause. Whereas, actually what happened was John Brown was integral in forcing the country to come to a point where it had to reckon with the slavery institution and then end it or whatever. Right. I'm saying that I always advocate for, you know, I mean, even if it's like fucking violent or whatever. I mean, it's like all I'm saying is that you, the public opinion option or uh, argument to me always seems a little bit, um, I don't know. It just but seems it's also, it also has its thumb on the scale too. Yeah. Because that's our default setting. So naturally, most people are going to gravitate toward law yeah. and order. Again, it's toward, a... Yeah. yeah. Again, it's a... Con- if your politics revolve around constantly, like, triangulating how the right will respond, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Then you're constantly going to be chasing after something that doesn't exist that's and you'll exactly never right. actually... So, so yeah, for... Um, yeah, so in that sense... I'm not that concerned with winning over uh, a whole new set of people. I'm more interested in doing really fucking crazy shit, shutting down aspects <laughs> of the system, and then and then seeing who's into that and being like, "Well, come on, let's do more of that." Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, because those people are out the, there. Basically, I, you're saying do what you do, and be pregnant, man. <laughs> And you're showing. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, those people are probably out there, you yeah. know? There's a lot of people out there, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Honest, honestly, I don't know enough about that situation. And and, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't ha- and honestly, I don't have, like, I'm not taking one, one position or the other. It's just some loose thoughts I had about it. Yeah. I should say. Well, when you said, uh, I don't know if you want to get into this or not, I, what I thought you were actually going to say is, um... I don't know if you want to get into like what's happened in Israel in Gaza this week. Yeah, we should definitely talk about well, that. Well, and the reason I wanted, sort of the, the reason I wanted to at least broach it to talk about it is because it is so, um, 
interwoven in American culture. Yeah. Um, Hence the church uh, set up stuff here. That's what you're going yes. for. Yes. <laughs> the new Christian's handbook, baby. Actually, this was totally um, coincidental. Like, I just ran into it at the library and was like, All right. Tom's going to love this shit. Man, I wish I had a handbook when I was a baby Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the whole issue of Jerusalem and and uh, and and Israel, um, is and Zionism is so tied up in American Christianity. Yeah, it's it's impossible to discuss one without the other. Without the other, and and we talked about this a little bit with Sarah Jones a couple of months ago. I was thinking about that. It was funny that not well, it wasn't funny. It's not funny at all. <laughs> But I was th- <laughs> so I was, it wasn't funny. So it wasn't funny. <laughs> but it was coincidental that when we were talking about John Hagee, we were talking about these Christians. They were trying to breed that perfect red calf to bring about Christ's return and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I didn't have a clue how like newsworthy that would be just a few months down the road yeah with like john hagee doing the uh speaking at the opening of the embassy right which is uh you know (laughs) i like what sarah pointed out it's like if you're benjamin netanyahu these people are not your friends yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no they they have a vested interest in seeing the end of judaism Yes, and really the world. <laughs> yeah, and really the world. Right, right. Is if you think about it, if what they, if by some fucking stretch of the imagination, Christianity is true, and what they believe is like the natural course of history is tied to these texts. It's a very selfish act to like try to hasten the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> With so many people ill prepared, well, dude, the thing is, is it, a lot of people got to understand this, or maybe it's a very merciful act. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just end it. <laughs> a lot of people really got to understand this about modern Christianity: is that like ninety percent of the doctrine and the things that you believe come from the very last book in the Bible. The, I would say that's right. The Book of Revelation, and and that book was not. It is a very, re- it's a pretty recent, if I remember correctly, it was written towards the end of the 4th or 5th century um, by someone, a man named Paul. It's not the same Paul as Saul. Maybe, or, or maybe it is, maybe it's not. Well, nobody knows. Nobody knows, but but it, it can't be. He's, it lit- he's it literally, stranded, he's shipwrecked on the island of Patmos. It can't be, though, because historically what he's describing is the fall of the Roman Empire. Right. And that doesn't take place until well after the original Paul, Saul, right. Apostle Paul. Okay, yeah, so it can't be. There's no way. Yeah. But anyways, he identifies himself well, as... Well, also, I mean, it's important to note that a lot of the books uh, that Paul supposedly wrote were definitely not written by Paul either. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so this book which was written well after Christ, well after Paul. It was written in the... Uh, Lane Pagels has a book about this. I can't remember what it's called now. Revelation. It's just called Revelation? Yeah. yeah but it was... you got to understand the social context in which it, in which Revelation was written. It was written during the fall of the Roman Empire. It's a critique <clears throat> of the Roman Empire. Right. And also a sort of... Trippy critique. Yeah, man, yeah, wavy gravy, Ruby Bible, baby. Yeah, I saw the whore Babylon. She had like <laughs> seven heads and shit, bro. 
Yeah, it was written as a sort of... Um, it was written to incorporate the themes of decline and, and social apocalypse and things like that. Right. Um, and But as a result, like, Christians have really taken it to... Um, They've they've taken it to think that it's literally describing the present moment when it happened a long 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 time ago. What the uh, writer was this was critiquing, right. but it's 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 weird, man. It's really strange. Um, but anyways, all that to say, uh, I'm not really I'm not really entirely sure where I was going with that. Other than um, that book itself concerns its it, itself a lot with the the uh, nation of Israel and uh, with what a lot of modern day Christians would see as very relevant to their own lives and socio-political references yeah. and everything. What's what's interesting to me and in that whole discussion and just having grown up in this is, and this may be the same for you and I'd be curious to know what your experience was with it, but I never really had any minister, any person talk about the linear historical sort of progression uh-huh. without it ending in some sort of calamity, pestilence, war, <laughs> anything, which are things completely of our own making. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Right. It, it makes total sense. And I think that's I think that's something to keep in mind when you're <laughs> when you're judging Christians, you know, like when you're trying to see which ones you can form uh, coalitions coalitions with. with. Right? Is there a view apocalyptic in the sense that it's like like all these horrible things, all these needless deaths ha- just have to happen because that's the natural course of things. Uh-huh. It's just it it was written, bruh. You know, uh-huh. or do we recognize that actually humans? The Bible also says that God gave dominion over there to the children of men, too. That we actually have a role in this, and right. we. Can if you, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in Christian terms because I know what you, mean. you know what I'm saying. You but you're saying is that like you know whether they think that like there is sort of no order to the universe and it's just sort of chaos and. It's a it's like a eternal battle between God and the devil, or yeah. if humans can intervene in that process. Right. I know. Yeah. 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 That, that is a, that is a good litmus test for yeah for whether for, I want to coalition with them and yeah. try to just a little pro tip them. on how to navigate these yeah. people. That's a good point. That's a good point. But um, but yeah. Well, it was really funny. Um. You know, it it is interesting <clears throat> to think, and I picked these books up from the library yesterday yeah um just because if you go to the used bookstore there's a couple episodes we've done last year where i found some good shit and was able to but um if you read these books about like uh i've got this one new christian's handbook some of them over there like whatever you read off earlier um you know being a witness uh coming out to your friends as a follower of jesus (laughs) um (laughs) do you ever have that moment with like your cool friends Listen, guys, I um, kind of into God, <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's cool, man." But uh, the uh, a thing that 
modern Christianity is really obsessed with and that you read a lot and that you would probably hear a lot on the Christian broadcasting network or whatever. These a lot of modern Christians are obsessed with the idea of postmodernism. Yeah. They're obsessed with and they think that is the biggest threat right now to Christianity. Like in the sense that like it'll render it irrelevant, they, their worldview. They think that well, what they think is that because um the sort of like dominant philosophical mode of the United States right now is like this postmodern things have no cause and effect, you know, like um there is no order to uh anything, um, that all hierarchies or whatever should be they think that that's all anarchy, baby. Right, right, right. They think that that is the biggest threat to Christianity and Christians today. Right. And and that's why, to bring a sort of full circle, why I say that Marxist, Marxism, for me, offers a pretty good sort of intervention in that, a replacement of that, alternative yeah, to yeah. that. Because what Marxism is, is it, te- it also offers you the same, like, it offers you a grand narrative. Yeah. And... Um, and Christianity does that as well as an alternative to postmodernism, whatever, which says that there are no grand narratives anymore and that society's wills are just sort of spinning. And this is why I think it's, this is why I was very paranoid and concerned around the inauguration last year because it kind of makes sense that Christianity would be the sort of vehicle for the next form of like totalitarian um, system. You know, because it does offer a grand narrative about things, you know, in a society in which politics doesn't offer that anymore, yeah, religion does, yeah, and Christianity does, and um, I don't know. I just think that, like, in the future, that is some you know. Imagine once we get a Donald Trump charismatic type person who actually does believe the things that he believes and is very virulently Christian, you know, very much like God. We already kind of had him with George Bush. Or, or, plays to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or at least, yes, exactly. Allows it to be used as a a tool for governance and everything. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's concerning. (laughs) (laughs) It's very concerning. That's something I said to you the other day when we were texting was that we're now being ostensibly ran by the people that we went to church with. Yeah, yeah. It, you're right. You're absolutely like, right. Like, I think if, if you didn't grow up in the American evangelical tradition, you don't, and and have came to the sort of critique that we've come to, uh-huh. I don't think you can fully appreciate just how fucking, like, how this whole Jerusalem embassy thing it's just a huge circle jerk for those people. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Like, this is the wet dream of every fucking person that I ever, like, was under in church. Yeah. And that is highly disturbing to me. Yeah. Because they think that this was literally foretold. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, again, you're you're absolutely right. I can't really convey in adequate terms how... Well, in in I mean, we'd have to ask some some theologian, maybe like Seth Sanders or somebody that that fucks with us a little bit about this. But isn't one of the prerequisites in Revelation? And I admittedly, Revelation is a little too abstract. For me. Little, I think it's cool, a little too groovy for you. I think baby. the imagery is kind of like too wavy gravy. Is a little wavy gravy <laughs> and a little cool and like kind of like trippy and 
downright terrifying sometimes that I don't really like get it. But I'd always heard, and this could be completely off, that like returning something to Jerusalem, some building, I forget, to the temple. The temple. The temple, temple, baby. Is this like, do Christians think this embassy is the temple? Probably. Is that? You could probably. Is this what this is? Is this, do people think, I didn't hear the Hagee speech, or if he's even, or what's going on with that. But did he make allusions to this being fulfilled prophecy? That's a good question. Because if he did, we need to go throw him off a fucking roof. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like yesterday. Yeah. Dude, I was, um, I was laughing my ass off this morning thinking about like, if American was a, if America was a Christian theocracy, like if you can imagine what the movies would be like, like what the, what the art and shit would be like. Yeah. Like I was thinking about a movie about, um, this would make a good one. A movie about Methuselah, but that's like sort of like a Forrest Gump type movie. Yeah. Or a Benjamin Button type movie. Like all the, pla- you know, because he lived to be like a 900. Nine, yeah. All the places he was. Yeah. <laughs> He's just on the ark. <laughs> you know, like, uh, she tastes a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> him and M- Moses, uh, or him and Noah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it actually would be completely would ahistorical. That would actually work, or, or even a biblical. Because <laughs> there's that scene in Forrest Gump when For- when Lieutenant Dan and in Forrest Gump get into shrimping. Yeah, that's what the Noah's Ark is. <laughs> like they get into shrimping, and Noah is Lieutenant Dan, and <laughs> Methuselah is like a spry 900 year old, <laughs> like yeah. the perfect Greek Adonis yeah. figure. And like one night, they're like making out with some girls in the in the fucking animal b- bins with some like sheep and shit. <laughs> she tastes a lot cigarette. She she tastes a lot. Well, I don't know. Did they? What do they smoke back then? Did they? Uh, who knows? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't. Methuselah presumably was not around the time of Noah, and, and but it's and then funny. like. Uh, they could do like a Brokeback Mountain redo, but it'd be like Jonathan and David. <laughs> yeah, that it's would like work. everybody that thinks that homosexuality is forbidden in the scripture. I mean, Jonathan yeah. and David, David, I think, said to Jonathan, or Jonathan said to David, that our souls are knitted together. Yeah. Like, I love you, but I don't think I'd ever tell you, <laughs> unless I was fucking you, that our souls were knitted together. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um... And then they'd run off in the forest again. <laughs> yeah. And um, that guy was the apple of God's eye. Yeah. Big old gay David. Dude, one of my fucking favorite tropes in Christian in the in Sunday school, like in Christianity, is the donning of armor. But the armor is specific like things that you can do in the battle for eternity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this this book that I found, How Can We Win the Spiritual War? The belt of truth anchors us. The belt of truth is the commitment to God's truth. You got to strap that belt on, sir. The breastplate of righteousness protects us. The breastplate of righteousness equals a lifestyle of trusting obedience to God. So you got to put on the belt, put on that breastplate. What does what's the cod piece do? <laughs> is the cod piece part of the full armor of God? Uh, the uh, probably something lame like keeps you chased. 
Yeah. Um, the headband, the um, uh, ath- yeah, the athletic headband. Fuck, I can't go anywhere with that one. <laughs> That's a dead end. That's a dead end. <laughs> the puka shell necklace. Puka shell necklace. <laughs> Um, protects you from lasciviousness. Right. It, protect, it protects you from ever getting laid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what keeps you chased. Yeah. yeah this, wear this, young man. <laughs> It'll keep you from lust and temptation. <laughs> the shoes of peace give us stability. Uh, the shoes of the gospel of peace equals a trust and confidence on the promises of God and the sense of peace that such trust begins. Brings. Sorry. The shield of faith wards off blows and blow jobs. A life of protection based on our faith in God. A helmet of salvation guards our head. Dude, this is, this is all really, really incredible. But that's a good one. Uh, you got to be able to envision those fucking... Um... But the funniest thing to me, and this, is, this goes back to um, what we were saying earlier about how Christians view revelations literally and it comprises a massive um part of their beliefs belief structure yeah trust me when i'm saying and i know you could say terrence there's all kinds of other christians out there other than the kind of batshit cult-like uh, christianity that you were raised in and i'd say yeah and i'd say that too yeah. sure however a lot of people believe um, what I have outlined, and also a lot, <laughs> and also to your point, those people, the quote-unquote sane Christians, don't control every lever of government. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so a lot of people believe revelations literally, and that is a really fucking hilarious thing to me for several reasons. I'll tell you why. The first is that they. Our sort of conceptions of hell and heaven are really only um, explained in Revelations. I mean, you get some of it in Romans and some of the other New Testament books, but most of it comes from Revelations. I gotta, I gotta be the, I gotta be the smart guy that corrects you. It's Revelation. Revelation. It's, it's one revelation. It's one revelation. Not multiple revelations. <laughs> but that the, is, that is. I love though when like preachers that are so studied and all this stuff just talk about the Book of Revelations. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that this is it. Um but dude, this is this is really goddamn funny. I'll read I want to read this section in this book. Because this plays off of what I mean, this plays off of a bit we had maybe last week or two weeks ago about people believing he- heaven to be this literal place up there where the streets are made of gold. Mm-hmm. But people literally believe that. When you get your new body, it will come with capabilities never imagined on earth. That's what this this chapter says in What is Heaven in this book, New Christian's Handbook. We will have marvelous abilities. Sin will be done away with, and we will be free to become all that God wants us to be. Um, if our bodies are like Jesus' resurrection body, we will be able to appear and disappear at will. <laughs> To pass through walls. What? To pass through walls or doors without limitation. To rise from the ground unbound by gravity. (laughs) And apparently to travel at the speed of thought. (laughs) So these people are telling 
kids when they die, they get superpowers. Yeah, baby. I mean, what's better than that? That's better than the 27 virgins. Christian, this kind of Christianity is offering something that like radical militant Islam can't even offer, which is that like your body will become your corporeal body will become this superhuman like it'd be like nightcrawler from x <laughs> yeah who was a christian yes honestly we are we are one or two movies away maybe this will happen under the christian theocracy whatever the the next avengers movies will be about like dying and going to heaven and just constant eternal battles with fucking demons there if people think that Soviet art and film is, you know, like all you know, all the criticisms people levy against, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Soviet uh, art, like the whole Christian theocracy, art and film is going to make that look like fucking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I love so <laughs> I love a lot of Soviet art though. I do too. I do too. I meant to. Uh, I didn't mean that as a knock. I just meant like. I know what you're saying. I see what you're saying. We will never forget. I don't know what he's saying there. I guess he's saying our brains will be super brains and we'll never forget anything. We, dude, dude, this <laughs> that sounds terrible. Listen to this. That sounds <laughs> horrible. Listen to this. We will never hit our heads against a brick wall. <laughs> we'll never fall in the middle of Starbucks and spill our coffee all over ourselves and burn ourselves and embarrass ourselves in front of our crush who works there. <laughs> Your buddies won't flip you in the balls anymore when they walk by you. Yeah. Your wife won't ever hit you upside the head. He's basically saying that uh, you'll get like a couple of cool powers and then minor inconveniences will no longer be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ingrown toenails? No more. Not happening, people. Not happening. Jesus fucking Christ, man. We will never forget hunger. We will never hunger or thirst or mourn or cry. Dude, that is fucking great. That is great. Do you believe hum- humans have souls, Tom? <laughs> Put you on the spot there. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm My faith is constantly evolving. I would consider myself a Christian. But I don't even know what the articulation would be of that i don't know yeah i guess i just mean it in the sense that if i were to die in combat i would just has put christian on my dog tags <laughs> at this point i don't know i go back and forth every week like i i want to believe in like i want to believe <laughs> admittedly i do because i'm trying to get in on that x-ray vision rack <laughs> once i die but, but so uh, you you want to believe that we have souls I want, like, I want to believe that whole like idea of the afterlife and all that stuff. But I, I, you know, like, is that because I am afraid to go to hell or something? No, it's not really that. I guess it's just really because I don't like the idea of, or maybe it, because I've been con- conditioned as a Christian. The idea of dying and then just decomposing and returning to the earth seems a little depressing because oh yeah the scariest thing about dying is not the actual dying like I you know I I feel like I got a pretty decent threshold for pain and there's drugs for that and stuff now yeah the scariest part about dying is just not being a part of tomorrow 
It's like yeah. FOMO a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of the the anguish I think that comes with that. I have had a few moments where I'm like I'm literally about to die. And so this is the only that's the only evidence I can draw from that. But in those moments I'm just like um just really want to stay alive. I think it's a chemical thing. I think it's programmed into us to be yeah. like no. <laughs> I hope at the moment of my death that that whole reaction just short circuits my shit so I can make a kind of easy thing. Like That'd be nice. I don't want to lay on the floor and know I'm dying and then just... No thanks. Of course, you know, in a few minutes, you won't care. So. Yeah. <laughs> One way or the other. Well, dude, I'm a fucking crazy ass. I, I don't believe we have souls, dude. Fuck that. Well, we... I mean, we probably don't. I don't, I don't know. I just... I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, look at this, dude. Look at this. When will the rapture occur? The mid-tribulation view. So there's two. There's two kinds of views. Old Testament times, first coming of Christ, church age. They're, they literally try to predict it. Also, but also, <laughs> we should just interject here. This is <laughs> this is another hallmark of American Christianity. Yeah. Like, this is not scriptural. The The rapture is not scriptural. I mean, Thessalonians, or maybe Second Thessalonians, makes allusions to the great calling away yeah, and all that stuff. And Dude. then, like, obviously there's the dead in Christ shall rise. But this whole idea of calling it the rapture and this is, like, completely bullshit. This is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They believe um, there's, there's several school of thoughts on this. This is so fucking Does it really absurd. say that? Yeah. Well, it doesn't say that exactly, but look. There are different perspectives on the rapture. There's a pre-tribulation view, which says that the rapture will occur first, then the great tribulation of seven years. Um, And then there's the mid-tribulation view, which says three and a half years of... The great the the rapture will occur in the very middle of the seven years of the great tribulation. Right, right. That's that's the one that my church subscribed to because we'll be around for the first couple years of the tribulation. Right. Then the rapture will happen, and then that's after that happens, then the mark of the beast comes. And then there's the post-tribulation view, there, that, which says that the second, the rapture and the second coming will come after the great tribulation. And then it's hilarious because then there's like a millennium, you know, a yeah. thousand years of Christ reigning with the saints on earth. <laughs> that seems like <laughs> Satan a, bound for a thousand years. Dude, I can't wait to be a. Uh, <laughs> Jesus uh, just gonna lure Satan into his crate <laughs> with the treat. <laughs> And then shut him in there, and then he's just going to party with all the saints for a thousand years? The real resistance will be trying to break Satan out. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be me. The first union organizer. (laughs) Yeah. The church uh, timeline of... Dude, it's so absurd. But, um, yeah, no, this is is really funny. Who can lead this church? Pastors are better than lawyers. 9% of Americans think the clergy are doing an excellent job. This places pastors among the highest rated professionals in the nation, below judges and doctors, but above teachers, lawyers, and business executives. What does it say about police officers? It doesn't say. They're not listed there. Um, one of the things in this is really funny, um, talking about hell, and it provides all these statistics that says that like um, the discourse around hell, like less people are talking about hell in general these days. Just like, buddy... I want to know. I want to know where the Overton window is on hell. Yeah. Specifically. It seems like every day I log into Twitter, it's like, this is hell. This is a hell world. <laughs> yeah. There's a hell dude. Yes. Yeah. Which is why the the correct position the to take, side. 
This is the the correct position is the old regular Baptist position, which I think it's or the primitive Baptist. One of the two believes that um, there is no such thing as hell. They're called no hellers, and that this is hell. That hell is Jehovah's where, Witnesses. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? Jehovah's yeah. And then everybody goes to heaven when they die. Yeah. Uh, another. This is a really funny one. Demons appear. Uh, this is in the spiritual war section. Demons. <laughs> That's a chapter. Yes. What is the spiritual war? Demons are Satan's servants. Demons appear to be organized into an army-like hierarchy. Some demons may have authority over geographic locations, seeming to be the spiritual power behind the empires of Persia, Babylon, and Tyre. While others focus... (laughs) That's not racist at all. (laughs) Dude, what what's the demon over Appalachia? It's interest, Wait, interestingly, there are no demons uh, in charge of Europe. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I want to know the demon in charge of East Kentucky. God. Raggedy motherfucker, whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's into uh, just the, the most depraved. Just the, the most depraved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want a suboxone strip? It's <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's therapy. Hey, man, I'm no judgment. I'm just uh, want to take my side by side. Who's the demon that uh, tickles your bird a little bit and gives you a boner and tempts you to masturbate? Thirteen. <laughs> tickles your bird a little bit. Yeah. Literally jacks you off. That that would be a good excuse if you were caught jerking off at like fourteen. Mom, the devil possessed my hand. (laughs) Powerless. Oh, dude. All right, all right. Uh, It's so so funny because, like, in shit like this, in order to indoctrinate kids, like, they completely make up things. Like, there's no mention of a demonic hierarchy in the scriptures. There's no even mention of the fucking war in heaven. Like, that's something everybody thinks is in the Bible uh, that is really not really in the Bible. See, what they do is they take verses that sort of some middle age, not middle age literally, but like m- the medieval era, some fucking drunk opium-fueled priest in like the medieval era was like, yeah, I don't know, like the fucking Ephesians, uh, there is some armies... I don't know. I'm going to go, uh, you know, drink my opium water and water my... <laughs> my what's that shit they drink in <laughs> Scandinavia? Uh, it starts with an M, I think. I don't know. Is it like laudanum? It's like a, it's like a, no, it's like a liquor. <laughs> but it's like an ancient... Yeah. I feel what it's It's the called. same. You know what I mean. Like yeah. my mold wine. And, uh, and they take it literally to think that like... There appears to be a hierarchical structure to the demon army. Look at this. There's sergeants, lieutenants. They just make up that shit to try to keep kids from playing like D&D in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, exactly. That's the only purpose that. Right, because it's the fusion of two really badass ideas. The army, but spiritual army. Spiritual army. (laughs) You have powers... You've been imbued with powers, and you are a sergeant in Jesus' army against hell. I always wonder, like, is there, like, also an army that's neither good nor evil? They're just kind of... (laughs) Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're... You know what I mean? Like, every, like, Christian sort of 
like the way they stage this, it's always good versus evil. But it's <laughs> like does the like <laughs> kind of okay, but not really. Right. Good guys ever getting there and right. like try to they help out some, one side and then they yeah or yeah. Yeah, who are the who are the Democratic Party of the <laughs> spiritual armies? <clears throat> the um, the lukewarm, the lukewarm that Jesus spat out of his mouth, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and God said, "If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth." That's reason enough to start an army. Yeah, it is. Oh man! All right, we're at a, We are well over our time. We've really milked the shit out of this one. I think this was pretty good. Um. But one one thing I did want to say about the whole like preacher RL thing though that we didn't plug in, I was thinking about this, is that the absolute worst take on that whole situation are the people that are tweeting at RL saying, Oh, well you wouldn't like it if they overturned if you if the LGBTQ people in DSA supported somebody that wanted to overturn Brown versus the Board of Education. <laughs> like, to me, that's analogous to, like, people that say, that say like, well, they'd get pissed off if there was a white history month. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're making yeah. racist hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah. And that helps nothing. Right. That's true. Like, there, there's a legitimate gripe there, mm-hmm. again, like I say, with LGBTQ people in DSA. Mm-hmm. About I, this, particularly, uh, yeah, again, like we're talking about some guy that's rejecting your humanity. Yeah. But uh, I'm just saying, a lot of bad takes around that situation. A lot of bad takes. I don't, I haven't, I've been really pretty unplugged from it. Dude, I almost died earlier this week, okay? Really? So, yeah. Show well, me wrong, a little bit of gratitude, or not gratitude. Do you think you got hepatitis? No, I, I had, I had to have had food poisoning. <clears throat> It was bad. I threw up a million times, dude. Throwing up sucks so you bad. Look good now. Thanks. You look a little vascular. Do I? Yeah. I I was looking pretty puny earlier this week. I'm very self conscious about it because my boss is like, "Well, you didn't have any weight to lose, so." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> People always tell me that, dude. People are always remarking on my weight. God damn it. <laughs> it's true Kay Fisher one time I was walking in front of Summit She was like Have you lost weight? Are you okay? <laughs> it's like I'm a thin person Leave me be Fuck off God that's the the worst part About being a little You know A little chubby Is uh, Everybody always notices When you lose a little bit of weight Or when you put it on People and make it always sub- feel inclined to comment about See, it. See, the thing is, is my body type, my body frame is, it just says I do drugs. And I do. <laughs> it's not, not completely unfounded. Not completely unfounded. But maybe just don't talk about somebody's weight when you see it for the first time. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you're friends with somebody and you guys like to give each other shit or whatever. Hey, man. Whatever. Hey, uh, I think it's funny. Hey, uh, you using? <laughs> Yeah, you use it, man. Well, um, tonight we've got that thing on. We're going to be on TV. We're going to be on TV. Our star turning. I'm joking. We're going to be on Epics. I'm joking. <laughs> but we're going to be on Epics. Uh, um, you can get a 14-day free trial right now. 
cancel. <laughs> make sure you cancel. I always forget to cancel. Right. Maybe, dude, maybe we will bring so many new subscribers to Epix, they'll give us our own TV show. Yeah. Hey. hey. Um, but Epix seems like, um, you know, maybe you want to stick around after the 14-day free trial if you want to. I don't know anything about if you, it. If you want to watch, like, Brewster's Millions. <laughs> Not <laughs> even. Know, right. Every week. Um, well, anyways, check that out. That's tonight or Friday night, uh, 9 p.m. I don't even know when I'm putting this out. Presumably today, but uh, if so, check that out. And uh, check out our Patreon. Um, the most recent episode we did hasn't gotten a lot of love. Check it out. It's funny. Tom got really fucking stoned. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I don't use drugs, usually. Yeah. And uh, all right. Well, that's all I got. So, all right. Let's, let's, let's call it.